Well, I mean, one of the reasons why I love being at Louisiana Tech is we're very applied, hands-on type of learning. That's something we've always been known for. Um, you know, I am biased. I did my undergrad degree at Louisiana Tech, and that's what really drew me back is I love that type of learning. I love the idea that they could learn by doing something and then thus find the need for the fundamentals versus just purely learning fundamentals and hoping it applies. Hi there. Welcome back to the SolidWorks Born to Design podcast, a collection of inspiring stories about those who create, build, invent, and engineer new ideas into actual new products. And by the way, they all use SolidWorks. I'm your host, Cliff Melling, and I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of the Born to Design podcast, Innovation, Hard Work, and a Bit of Duct Tape. Today, I'm talking with Heath Timms, an Associate Dean for Undergraduate Studies and a Professor for Mechanical Engineering in the College of Engineering and Sciences at Louisiana Tech University. Heath believes in a hands-on and in-class approach to teaching engineering students. He is also involved in a very successful eco-car team program, which is an interdisciplinary group of students and faculty working together to design competitive, fuel-efficient cars the team competes against national and international teams and also helps other eco-car teams at area schools. Keith shares stories from his 17 years teaching at LA Tech and his philosophy for preparing these students for success. So let's jump right into this exciting interview. I'm the Associate Dean for the College of Engineering and Science at Louisiana Tech University. I've been at the university now for about 17 years as a faculty member and around eight years ago kind of moved uh, positions more administrative and so I moved to the associate dean role uh, at that time so kind of went through the traditional path of teaching and research and all the promotions and all those things that had to happen and then kind of made a move to the dark side of administration and, and so I deal with that now um, but I love it because my thing is I get to deal with the students so primarily now I'm dealing with the undergrad side of things right. so everything from recruiting all the way to ultimately trying to get them to leave. And that seems like an odd thing on the recruiting <laughs> end, but tell me all the time, my, my goal is to get them to leave and, uh, in a positive way. Right, right. And, and this is focused on engineering schools or the, so, tell me about your- Yeah, so our background, um, so my background's mechanical. Um, so all of my degrees are mechanical engineering, but uh, I'm in the College of Engineering and Science. So we have eight engineering programs. We have four that we classify kind of in the sciences. So chemistry, physics, math, and then computer science. And then we also have two technology programs as well. So that makes up uh, 14 different programs in our college that, uh, that I deal with. So you're the dean specifically over the engineering and sciences. School. So uh, officially associate dean. Yeah, right, um, right. So I, I handle anything dealing with undergrad. <clears throat> okay. So all the undergrad programs. All the undergrad programs. And tell me about some of the things you're doing. I know you're doing the uh, eco car team and stuff like that. Uh, I, I, there's probably more that I didn't find researching you. So, uh, so sure. I that was a that was a project that really started about 15 years ago, and you know, kind of a funny deal where my background, I was more of a design and build things type person. I grew up in construction. I grew up mechanicing. Uh, so that was my background. In graduate school, I actually worked in, in more of an automotive uh, vehicle side of things. I did suspensions, um, dynamic systems, modeling, controls type stuff. And so when I came to Louisiana Tech as a faculty member, a lot of people knew that I had this automotive thing. Um, we're in Louisiana. That's not known for its automotive area. Um, but a lot of our students had interest in going into that area. So they pushed for, could we do something that was automotive? 
and I was looking for an option of, of something we could do. Ended up finding out about the Shell Eagle Marathon competition. The idea at that time was, okay, we could do something pretty low cost, cheap, and that'd be a, a good way that we could get our students doing some things. Little did I know at that time that, you know, what started off as, you know, $1,500 and kind of just, let's get some bike parts and try to see what we can come up with, uh, ultimately led to a program that now is a, a major effort within the university and uh, has significant uh, amount of need for funding and all that kind of things that come into play. But uh, we basically compete in the Eco Marathon with Shell and we really kind of found our niches in the area of the urban guard design. That's really something that we pushed. And that was kind of from my background and, and my personal love, that kind of helped lead that way, was the idea of not only looking at the function, but looking at the aesthetics as well. And how could we get something that, even if we didn't place first place in fuel efficiency, we could be the ones that everybody actually wanted to have. Right, and right. that was the push. And so, that's how we started off, um, and that's just grown, and that's continued to grow. So we try to marry together this idea of function aesthetics, and uh, I can't even keep up with how many different design awards we've won uh, now over that time, but um, it's, it's probably two-thirds to three-quarters of the design awards since, since we've been involved. So definitely pushing for that side of things and this idea of having a vehicle that competes well, but ultimately gets everybody's attention You're at right. the same it time. Right, looks good. It looks good, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's, uh, I'm a design major myself, and it was always form follows function, but, you know, the form shouldn't just follow the function, right? It's got to look damn good, right? Yeah, yeah, it has to be something that people ultimately want. And, you know, we can, we can make a, a more fuel-efficient car, and everybody can do, you know, we can get from the engineering perspective, and we can go, yes, it needs to look like this teardrop, and it needs to have this tail that sticks out there from an aerodynamic standpoint. But you and I will never drive that. We don't want to drive that. It looks dumb. And so what we're trying to do is, is then kind of cross that a little bit with what's going to look right and what's going to appeal, but also is going to be something that does perform very well. So we focus a lot on weight. We focus a lot on optimizing our designs to where we can get them much you know, simpler, uh, more modular, so they're easier to work on but also really kind of scaling that down to where our weights get lower and lower because ultimately I'm a bigger guy. And, you know, if I'm riding on a bike, it takes more effort, the more effort I'm pushing. Well, the same thing with the vehicle, you know, if we can limit the amount of mass that that vehicle is having to move, then uh, we can make a lot more efficient. You know? Right. Uh, you know, I think that's interesting when you talk about function and aesthetics, because I was actually a industrial design degree, right? Okay. And there was always this idea that, that those are two separate things. Engineering's over here, it's function, and <clears throat> design's over here. And uh, so maybe talk about that. What, it, what, it, do you th how, I think it's important that engineers should, uh, to, should also be thinking aesthetics and not just, uh, obviously functionality's important, safety's important, you don't want it to crash. Sure, right? I mean, there's certain things that are non-negotiables, but ultimately, you know, we try to we try to balance that as we go through. We've done some years where you know it's just some of our own engineering and science students that are working on it, and we haven't included others. But then at other times, we've included graphic design, for instance, and and some of the faculty across the campus, and that's great. And pulled them in and had their students even look at things. Um, sometimes it's as simple as even paint jobs, you know, right. and <laughs> we can dramatically change the look of a vehicle just in how you you know, paint it or how you add striping to it or whatever. Um, so we really tried to, to look at all aspects of that. And um, 
So that's a big part of what we do. And, and I think another thing that hurts us as a team from a time perspective, but really is what gets us noticed, is when we focus on kind of the fit and finish. You know, there's, there's a big difference in the time that goes in to the amount of sanding or the amount of, you know, body work or whatever. That stuff adds up and it's very easy to ignore when it's purely a competition that's, that's about fuel efficiency. But if you put those details in, we can really make a big difference um, to where the lines are straight, the lines are, are nice. Um, we build in functionality that, that wouldn't really need to be there of why don't we put a cell phone holder in the steering wheel? I mean, there's no reason not to. <laughs> and, and so we can use um, a lot of things like that to get our students to look at different design elements and use, you know, in our case, we're using SolidWorks. And, and so for that, we can get our students doing things that are pretty low barrier things. If it doesn't work right, it's not gonna hurt us in the performance. So we're gonna have people who have more experience doing those things, but we can get younger students doing some stuff and feeling like they're contributing and then finding out what kind of skill sets they have to use in other ways. So that's a big part of what we do as well. No, that's great. That's great uh, to figure out what what students uh, where their strengths are and how they can contribute to that. That's great. Excellent. This sounds uh, sounds like you're doing a great job there. So um, uh, a lot of young engineers, you know, they they can design anything in SolidWorks, but they need that design and manufacturing knowledge. I'm sure you have some thoughts about when you're getting these kids out the door. Uh, I guess I'm asking what 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 have you seen that it's more helpful to get them hired, right? that may be not in a typical engineering classroom or? Well, I mean, one of the reasons why I love being at Louisiana Tech is we're very applied, hands-on type of learning. That's something we've always been known for. Um, you know, I am biased. I did my undergrad degree at Louisiana Tech and I ultimately left and went off and did graduate work and then worked at another university. And that's what really drew me back is I love that type of learning. I love the idea that they could learn by doing something and then thus find the need for the fundamentals versus just purely learning fundamentals and hoping it applies. So that's definitely my mindset and the way that I've gone with, with how we do this. And even the way we structure our team almost becomes more like a mentorship program, right? Is that, uh, or apprenticeship type program, you know, is you can invest in certain students with your time and your skills that you put into them, then they're turning around doing that with younger students. And so, that's great. That also helps to build up the kind of team skill set as they move forward, right? Because you've got a freshman who rolls in there and you want to let them get involved and you want to, but you have no idea what, what their skill sets are and what they can do. If you can give them something they can work on, and a lot of times it can even be something very simple, you can learn a lot about what skills they have. Um, so, you know, sometimes simpler is, is better. And, you know, in today's world, one of the things we uh, still struggle with, and I find it interesting, is, you know, 3D printing used to be something that was novel. But the truth is, is everybody's got it. Right. In, in, in this world, I mean, we have them on, at our own houses, right? And the idea of using a later laser cutter or a plasma or, you know, all these different things, those are things that we almost take for granted because we can do it. And you can do some amazing things with it but there's still something about grabbing a hacksaw and just cutting it and <laughs> understanding when you need to do that and when you don't. So we deal with that a lot with students. Uh, you know, if, if a laser goes down, for instance, a lot of times it's, well, work can't happen because we have to have the laser. Well, right. 
we've made it a million times without the laser. So let's let's look at simple. And so sometimes it, it comes down to simplifying your designs where they can be made in other ways. It doesn't all have to be CNC'd. I mean, it's beautiful when it is. And if you have the time and you have the, you know, the resources to do it, that's great. But sometimes a simple 2D part that you bend or that you weld together uh, can work very well as also. So I think a lot of it comes down to how can we get our students to understand how to make things and it doesn't all have to be in this virtual 3D, have to use the highest end technology to do it. Some of it is, how can we simplify that and make it very simple? Um, that's something we constantly deal with with students is trying to get them to understand that. And that helps them when they go to their jobs. Right. I, I, I agree, I agree. That, that's great, that's great that you, I like your hands-on approach there. Um, that's excellent. You talked about that um, uh, apprenticeship or, or uh, mentoring at the school is that something that a standard program that seniors or whatever have so, to or is I that mean, just we happen? don't have like a, a formal program that every student has to go through but a lot of how uh, many of our competition teams are set up that way I mean just the demands that are on faculty a lot of them don't have the time to be down there teaching every element right, right. it's a student run team oh wow that is very faculty um, you know it has a lot of faculty input to it right but the students really running themselves. So there are skill sets that I brought to the table, for instance, uh, due to my background, that I could definitely help them with. But at the same time, there's other faculty who can bring other things too. And then there's students who bring things to the table. Right. And as they try new things or they come up with new techniques, then they can do that. You know, I think about, um, or, you know, one of the simplest things that we've, we've started doing is, you know, we make an all carbon fiber, um, basically, body, uh, frame, as we call it, a skateboard, et cetera, that we try to do that's very modular. We even do our front ends, rear ends, everything out of that because we're trying to get that weight down. Um, how do you make a mold that you're ultimately going to try to, you know, resonant views so that you can try to get as much resin out for the weight? You know, we could spend as long building that mold as we could just on the part itself. And so trying to look for ways that we can make that easier and quicker. So we've come up with some ways that we've done that. I mean, we do things like uh, we'll cut masonite and out of you know 2D laser and basically 3D jigsaw it essentially to where ultimately we can make a 3D mold out of a material that is very cheap and we can basically tape it, wax it, form around it, vacuum it, and then basically the mold gets broken. It's a one-time use thing. It's a one-time, yeah. And so sometimes even thinking in that way of I don't have to produce hundreds of these or thousands of these. They're producing one. Right. Um, but yet some parts we're going to make more often. Okay, well, maybe that's one that we need to kind of invest in the idea of making a mold for. So as we go through the parts, it kind of you know comes at different strategies. Um, so that's an example of one that we've done where we try to look for something to kind of simplify what we're doing and actually works extremely well. Uh, and you can make some pretty interesting shapes uh, just with basic laser cutters. Right, right. No, that, that's a that's a great uh, great example. So we actually find that packing tape is probably one of the best mediums. <laughs> packing tape is a great um, mold release uh, that works extremely well. So we've used a lot of that. But no, I mean it's it's one of those things where you're also looking at the budgets of these. I mean these are not projects where students have unlimited resources, and so you're trying to do things on a very tight money situation. So you know, trying to find 
masonite is significantly cheaper than going and doing it out of something else. And so those type of things come into play. And, and that can create a lot of you know, creativity in these students and what they can come up with. So. So, so even as freshmen, they come in and they know about this team and they, they can get involved. Yeah, so this team is one that, you know, uh, good or bad, whatever it is, um, gets a lot of attention because of the things that we build. It's eye-catching. Uh, it's definitely something that the university has now embraced because it's kind of become its, you know, it's kind of become a program on its own. And so a lot of our students, recruiting-wise, really love the idea of it. I mean, it's part of every tour almost that an engineering and science student is going to come through the college with. And so we have a lot of students who want to get involved early on. And so that's something we try to do is give them that opportunity. You know, uh, when they first come in, yeah, they may not be programming, you know, the CNC equipment or doing anything else. It may very well be that, as we call it, character building, uh, where you got to sand on some things for a while. You know, I mean, it just depends. But the idea is to, um, to pull them in and let them have work to do. And that brings up their skill set that we start to use more and more once we kind of know how disciplined or how motivated they are to really be working on it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yes, sanding a lot of things is definitely character building. I, I caught that. So that was yeah, we, we've, we've stopped using the term sanding, and we just say it's all about character building. So. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. You know, I think it's one of those things for us. Yeah. I look back on You know, I'm using the eco car as, as an example, and there's a lot of different ways our students have done things. But... Our, our EcoCar program, and we compete uh, all around the country, and we go every year somewhere, you know, somewhere else. And we've been in in Los Angeles, and of course we've been in Houston. Which love Houston. Houston is uh, a much closer drive for us. But you know, we've been in Detroit, Indianapolis. I mean, it, it's all over the place. And so sometimes some of the more interesting things that happen are some of the failures that result, and how the students kind of recover from that. You know, they. They put so much time and effort into something, literally a year long. We're building a new car every year. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things where they invest a lot of time in getting it there for essentially one thing. Right. And, you know, as they're doing that, sometimes things don't always go as planned. And uh, one, one story that I definitely remember, I'll never forget, is I was pulling the truck and trailer and somebody had not appropriately strapped it down. Oh, no. So in the course of us driving... Uh, the, the vehicle came loose out of the back of the, in the, the back of the trailer and it smashed it to pieces. It was absolutely just massacred. And, you know, the thing that was interesting is we, we recognized pretty quickly that something was wrong. We stopped. And then of course, text messages start sending. And once everybody kind of gets over the initial shock of all this work had just been smashed, um, then it was, okay, we've got two days till really, we've got to be showing it off. And, all of a sudden, we came in multiple vehicles. People went different directions to get different supplies. And everybody shows up, and very quickly, you you know, was it the fit and finish that we were known for? No. At the same time, we still won the design award that year because ultimately, really? wow. in the middle of the night, two days prior, we're doing body work and painting a vehicle in a parking lot. And so, <laughs> you know, we're trying to, to do things that ultimately um, these students have to recover from some of those challenges sometimes. So... Sometimes you don't have that nice equipment, you know. Right. I mean, I, you know, you break a starter. We didn't have a spare starter. All right, what do you do? Well, you pull the starter apart, and that little plastic piece inside there that broke, we're going to somehow fabricate it. <laughs> and our, the tool of choice was a hacksaw and a file, and we literally hand-filed a, you know, aluminum replacement for it overnight. So sometimes oh, wow. you don't always have the tools you want, and, and students 
needing to know that they can still solve some things kind of the old-fashioned way and you know come up with a solution is a big skill set that when they're out there as an engineer out there in the field um, you may not always have the same resources available to you at that time either so a lot of different things that students have done and uh, where they've risen up to the challenge of whether it's designing up front or just the triage in the end the triage yeah. that can definitely happen that's great. That's great. So, sort of like the Apollo 13 story, right? Yeah, the, you never know. It's like, <laughs> here it is. Here it is. This is your solution. No, this is great. This is excellent. You know, one of the cool things about this program for us is how it's grown and how it's kind of become this, this bigger uh, kind of impact, uh, both on our college uh, and even in our community. You know, we paired up with the local high school uh, years ago. They now compete. They actually compete and do very well. Uh, my own son is, is competing against me from a high school team. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he has been able to kind of see and experience that even himself. So I think competitions like this, whether um, you're at the top level or you're not, but being able to be a part of that allows these students to try out a lot of things, uh, experience some of those failures, experience some of the successes, and understand how they can use you know, different tools that are out there at their disposal to, to get better. Um, and so, you know, I think there's all kinds of things that come from competition. And in our case, you know, that's with our EcoCar program, as we call it, Eco Marathon, really. Um, but we do the same thing with our concrete canoe teams or our, you know, mini Baja teams or steel bridge competition teams. I mean, we, we use SolidWorks in all of those as well. And, you know, different approach and different end goal and what they're trying to do. But using tools to be able to kind of advance some of the technology that we're using, but ultimately it still comes down to a lot of hard work in the end to pull it off. To pull it off, right, right. It's not just designing it in SolidWorks, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, that's great. That's great that they've got uh, in touch with the local high schools as well and getting them involved. That's excellent. That's excellent. Louisiana Tech University, College of Engineering and Science. And so, you know, we, we very much focus on that hands-on with that. I mean, we start early on uh, with SolidWorks and with all kinds of other things, but we, uh, we incorporate SOLIDWORKS into what we call Living with the Lab, which is our freshman curriculum. And we have them working with Arduinos and programming and building their own robot in their first year and building their own little control system. And then ultimately, in the spring of their freshman year, they even do a design. Um, obviously, a little different level than design than a typical senior design. It's different um, you know, kind of level that we need from them. But they do kind of a prototype that they would ultimately build of some smart product. And so we have, uh, you know, 100 to 125 freshman teams that every spring will present at our kind of freshman project showcase. Wow! And they, um, you know, they model all of them, and they're using a lot of the tools, whether everything from 3D printing to laser to sometimes duct tape, <laughs> that they are doing to ultimately kind of develop some sort of smart product. Wow! And so incorporating sensors, incorporating all kinds of things, and so. And uh, that's got to be relatively new, right? So we've been doing that program. We created that program in 2004 okay. and really um, kind of in around the, you know, 08, 10 range is really when that kind of really expanded out a lot more. Um, but yeah, the, the idea of doing these smart products, students can do incredible things and the ideas that they come up with are truly incredible. And they range, they range all over the board. I mean, they're everything from, you know, automated trash cans because they're tired of having to take their trash out on certain <laughs> days to things that are truly kind of life-changing. Uh, we, we had a group that uh, a couple years ago took apart a you know, Apple Watch and incorporated a sensor on it where you could actually put 
um, whatever your drink was, you could put it on there and it tested to see if there was any foreign um, oh, things really? that have been added. So what a great um, idea. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's truly things that could be helping in a simple day-to-day life all the way to something that could be, you know, truly impacting people's life in a much broader way. So, you know, everything from our biomedical engineering program, a lot of our students are biomed and they look at how, you know, reading brain signals and how can they can then try to control the prosthesis um, all the way to smart devices that may turn on different things within a home. So all of that's being done at the freshman year. And when that's you incorporate great. that hands-on early on, then that just helps the whole entire experience. So then by the time that they're seniors, um, you can do some really amazing things. And ultimately, again, the goal is to push them out the door and then they go off and do incredible things when they go to work. That's great. That's, that's incredible. They're doing that freshman year and they, they oh, get yeah. to come up with their own ideas of they as do. long as it's a smart product. They or? do. We, we have them kind of go through a procedure where uh, they come up with what we call our bug list and they, <laughs> they think of things that just bug them or something they want to tackle. Um, and, and it's all over the board. I mean, it really is. Uh, the number of smart blinds I've heard and seen, you know, or smart doggy doors um, are, are just not so novel anymore. But um, other things really have, uh, have been pretty impactful. And um, then there's opportunities for those teams as well, depending upon, you know, what they present and how they come up with things. Um, they can enter our top dog business competitions and things like that to ultimately be able to try to go and have you know, a business or a startup out of it. Um, we have one from this past spring was a, a beehive. A, a, one of our students was big into beekeeping and uh, created a smart beehive and it monitors all the levels within that. And uh, they're actually doing that to produce higher rates of certain types of honey and things like that. So it can be all over the board. Yeah, uh, yeah. You never know what they'll come up with. That's excellent. Well, dude, it sounds like you're doing some great work there. I, I love this. I want to go back to school now at yeah. LA Tech. <laughs> it's, uh, like fun. It's, fun to, it's fun to see what our students can do. Right. And, um, and they can provide a lot of um, kind of motivation for us as, as faculty and, and those of us that are educators, right? Um, they can help to push us and to drive us because the things that they can do are truly amazing. Right. And, uh, they'll, they'll push us for sure. Excellent. Well, this is great. Yeah, I love I love all these stories and all these uh, contraptions that they're coming up with. Sounds like you guys are doing some good work and uh, you know taking some direction from the students themselves. Yeah, it's good stuff. Thanks for listening today. And if you're looking for software that might help children get started in design, check out SolidWorks Apps for Kids. Learn more at swappsforkids.com. That's S-W-A-P-P-S-F-O-R-K-I-D-S.com. We also offer many great resources for education. Check them all out at SolidWorks.com education. We'll be back again soon with more great Born to Design podcast stories at SolidWorks.com podcast or wherever podcasts are readily available. Until then, keep on innovating. I really hope that what you heard today has inspired you. If you enjoyed it, head on over to iTunes, search for the Born to Design podcast, and please leave us a five-star review so that this podcast will be recommended to more people, helping us expand the Born to Design community. Thank you.